My Story, an Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw Episode 27, The Story of Derek and Tracy On Friday, February 2nd, 2018, we needed to leave the house for several hours in the afternoon so that an inspection could be done. I decided to go to the Lloyd Center Mall on the MAX train, and Tracy was going over to Scott's. As Tracy drove me to the closest train station, we started talking a little more openly about the issues of our relationship. I still wanted to know if he was hiding anything about him and Scott, and so I pressed him once again for the number of times he and Scott had sex, because I felt deep down that they had sex more than the five times he had told me about. He said he still couldn't remember the number. When I asked to speak to Scott about it, he said he had already asked Scott, and Scott didn't remember either. But I kept pressing, and eventually Tracy did reveal that he and Scott had sex more than five times. I would come to find out that they had sex over 20 times in the year and a half of being friends with benefits. This revelation proved that Tracy had been lying to me for months, possibly even for over a year. If you recall, the one rule of our quote-unquote open relationship was that each person would tell the other whenever they had sex. And while I knew he and Scott were having sex, I didn't know the frequency. Tracy had a hard time admitting he had lied, but I pointed out that it was a lie by omission, since he didn't tell me things he had promised he would. He cried after revealing this tiny bit of truth, but I was so hurt that his tears didn't affect me. Just two years earlier, he had written me several letters saying how hurt he had been by me hooking up once drunkenly, and here he was repeatedly lying. He had distanced himself from me emotionally while he was also becoming physically and emotionally close to Scott. I left after hearing him out for another few minutes. I couldn't take it. I felt betrayed, manipulated, taken advantage of. I called my friend Jan. She wasn't working that day, and so she took me to the Lloyd Center Mall. But I didn't go to the mall. I went to my credit union, which had a branch nearby, and opened up my own bank account, taking all the money from our joint account. I was proud of my strength. I felt like I was starting this new adventure, and I was finally protecting my own interests. Tracy had been lying to me, and I didn't trust him, so I took the money. I knew I would return his portion to him once we decided how much was his, but I wasn't going to leave things the way they were. Next, I went back home to find the inspection wrapping up. I quickly packed a suitcase and food, mostly liquids as I was on day two of my wisdom teeth removal. And then I used my employee discounts I got as an OHSU employee to book two nights in a hotel in downtown Portland. I needed time away from Tracy, and I needed time to figure things out. I was seriously questioning why I had stayed in this relationship so long. I knew I was a committed person, but I had been so blind to the amount of lying. I didn't like how that made me feel, and I never wanted to feel that way again. So I took all the cards and letters that Tracy had given me over the course of our relationship. I planned to analyze our relationship from a factual standpoint to put together the story of why we broke up. Once I had accomplished that, I still felt like there was more. 
I still didn't understand all the dynamics of how our relationship went wrong. So I next looked through nine years of emails between Tracy and me. As I was doing that, I also saw emails from my family. Those soon became included as well, because my family was tied to some of my biggest moments in this relationship. My coming out, my parents' refusal to meet Tracy over the nine years we were together, Jonathan and Kendra's acceptance of me and my relationship. So by Sunday night at 12.15 a.m., I had analyzed all the cards and letters from the relationship, and I was up to the year of 2016 for sent and received emails. I was an emotional wreck at this point, as I was reliving all the pain and frustration that I had experienced over the course of our relationship, rereading how I had been a patient, loving, giving partner, only to lose it all in the end. I needed to vent, and so I texted Tracy that I needed to talk. He called me soon after and listened to me. He was patient and understanding, allowing me to yell at him and express my hurt. I felt that everyone was getting what they wanted in this situation except me. Tracy got to have a new relationship with Scott. My family got to have me come back and be close to them in Montana. I was losing the one thing that I had always wanted, someone to love me and be a partner to me, although really I had lost that years earlier. Tracy once again apologized for his words and behavior and then suggested I take an anti-anxiety pill and get some rest. But I didn't listen to him. I had listened to his advice through most of our relationship, oftentimes ignoring what I felt I needed to do. I was done following the trend of listening to Tracy. I no longer believed he had my best interests at heart. Instead, I felt this drive, this need to finish our story, the story of Derek and Tracy. By 3 a.m. on February 4th, I had finished going through all the emails and had produced a complete timeline of our relationship from 2008 to 2018. But what I found was that I wasn't writing our story. I was writing my story, the story of Derek Michael Shaw. The portion with Tracy was a large part of that story, but I realized so much of what happened in the relationship was tied to my family and my previous life experiences. What those two days in the hotel provided me with was a framework to write this story. It gave me facts and dates to put into this book, and it started to reveal why I had made the choices that I did. Also in going through those emails between myself, Tracy, and my family, I found an email from the pastor at the Portland Foursquare Church. He had followed up with me several months after I had stopped going to the church in early 2015. It was a simple email just asking how I was doing and checking in on me. Seeing that in 2018, after completing my analysis, I committed to God and myself that I would go to the church service at 10 a.m. I went to bed and got about five hours of sleep, the typical amount I was able to get during this period of my life. And soon I was in an Uber off to church. I could not predict how profound this day would be for me. It would be redefining life-changing, and soul-restoring. It would be my own personal miracle from the Holy Trinity. And so maybe I did get what I wanted from this breakup as well. Next time on My Story, Episode 28, Miracle Sunday.